Hello for the Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So, my goodness gracious, we talked about the treasury market yesterday, how it was in rapid decline. I'm talking about yields and what that means for the overall economy. And today we see it's getting even worse. Rates on the 10-year yield once again have plummeted. And the two-year yield is now following. And if we look at history, we can see usually the Fed follows the two-year treasury yield. Now, what's crazy is we had a GDP report today that blew out the numbers, 5% or 5.2%, whatever it was. So we have to understand that the GDP print or the GDP numbers, those are lagging indicators. And what the bond market is doing, it's not telling us what happened in the past. It's telling us what's likely to happen in the future. So let's get into a few different articles, a few different charts. we got Bill Ackman, everyone's favorite, chiming in. And uh, see what we got. Let's see what these markets, these yields are telling us. So let's first and foremost go over to the 10-year Treasury yield. Let's look at a chart. And for those of you who were on yesterday's uh, live stream, you know that uh, it was big news because it crashed below 4.4%. What do we have today? Now, <laughs> it's not below 44 it's below 4.3. And you say, oh, George, that's not that big of a deal. Look, a, a move of 10 basis points daily <laughs> on the tenured, that is a big deal, especially when the Fed isn't doing anything to interest rates. You say, George, well, this is great news. This is great news because this is the market predicting that the Fed is going to be able to lower rates because they have beat inflation. And this is going to lead to an, an economic boom. The stock market is going to skyrocket. This is just, this is incredible. Right, right. But what you're doing is making that mistake that we've been talking about a lot lately. You're assuming that the bond market is predicting what the Fed is going to do. Big mistake. The bond market is predicting what the economy is going to do, regardless of what the Fed. The Fed isn't a participant. The Fed is an observer. You have to ask yourself, and we're going to get into this more when we talk about Bill Ackman. You've got to ask yourself, why is the Fed always late to the party? Why is the Fed always behind the curve? Why is the Fed always reactionary? Why is it that they never drop rates prior to the recession and then we never have a recession? Why is it that we've never had a no landing or a soft landing? I mean, the Fed's been doing this since 1913 and they've never, when you look at the inversion of the curve, they've never been able to create this unicorn <laughs> that's everyone's base case right now. Why is that? Why is that? Well, it's actually very simple, but you've just got to look at it from a different perspective. And that's what we're going to do on this video. So we see the 10-year treasury yield is just collapsing again today. Let's look at the two-year because we want to not just look at these individual rates, but we want to look at them together so we can see what's going on with the inversion. So I'll hop over to the two-year and that's crashing as well. Not as much though. So this has gone down today. Well, I'm saying not as much. Based on the close yesterday, it's going down more. I'm just basing this on when we did the video. So that would have been yesterday morning, uh, probably before lunch Eastern time. So I really, to be thorough here, I should be going on the day's close. So the two-year treasury is down more than the 10-year treasury if you base it on the close and not when we did the video. So that would mean that just slightly uh, the curve is getting, uh, the, the delta is decreasing 
which would lead to a bull steepener. Remember, guys, the bull steepener, the bear steepener. The bear steepener is when the curve uninverts or disinverts as a result of the long end going up. That would actually be good news. If the bond market was consistent, congruent, let's say, with the GDP print, interest rates would be going up. They would not be going down because of growth and inflation expectations. So if the long end of the curve is going up and up and up, I mean, you got to think about it this way, right? The curve is inverted massively. Look at Fed funds. We're almost 100 basis points inverted when you look at Fed funds in the 10-year. You're telling me that's a sign of a booming economy? No, 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 no. The sign of a healthy economy that's sustainable growth would would um, be a yield curve that was normal looking. In other words, the front end, short-term interest rates were lower than long-term interest rates. I mean, we, we live in this bizarro world where we've forgotten that that's what an, a yield curve should look like. <laughs> Believe it or not, short-term rates should be less than, less than long-term rates for obvious reasons. But sometimes you forget that because we live in this hall of mirrors that is the, the, the global economy right now. But anyway, we see the two-year coming back down closer to the 10-year. They're both going down, but if the two-year is going down at a faster rate, that means that we're getting that disinversion, but it's as a result of the front end coming down instead of the long end going up. And this would be consistent with pretty much every single inversion that we've seen going all the way back to 1950. This would also be consistent with a hard landing, recession, whatever you want to call it. Now let's get over to Bill Ackman, who comes on CNBC and basically cries. I mean, he cried that one time when he was on CNBC, which was just completely ridiculous. And he's always trying to get the Fed to basically do his bidding. And I, I mean, Ackman's obviously a super smart guy, a lot smarter than I am. But it's just, it's just, it's like a broken record. Every single time we get to a position where Ackman's portfolio can take a hit, he comes out and starts whining or sometimes literally crying for stimulus, for the Fed to drop rates, all these things. So, you know, you got to kind of take this with a grain of salt. But let's look at what he's saying here because it applies to what's happening with the, the treasuries. Bill Ackman warns economy will fall off a cliff if the Fed doesn't hurry and cut rates. So this is the idea that the Fed is omniscient. The Fed controls everything. And all we have to do is make sure the Fed gets it right. And then we can avoid a recession. Now, if the Fed gets it wrong, well, oh, shoot, then we're going into a recession. See, it all revolves around the Fed. This is the idea. And and back and, and Ackman is uh is pushing this idea. Now, I don't know if he truly believes it. I think most of these guys that come on CNBC, they're just doing whatever. They think, or they're just saying whatever they need to say in order to benefit their their portfolio. But uh, let's just assume that he believes. I mean, this is definitely the narrative that you hear in the mainstream. In fact, it's not just the mainstream narrative. I would say it's even the alternative space narrative. So go look at Bitcoin Twitter. Look at gold Twitter. Look at the sound money guys. They, they're, they're all pretty much say the exact same thing. They have the same message. Now they come to different conclusions, right? But they have the same message. Everything revolves around the Fed. The Fed, 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 the Fed. The Fed's doing this. The Fed's doing liquidity. The Fed's going to print money. The Fed's going to drop rates. The Fed's going to blah, 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 right? When actually if you scrutinize it and if you just set aside 
these preconceived biases, you see that the Fed really isn't control in control of anything. Now, let me give you an example. Let's go down and look at a quote here I highlighted. Believe it or not, I did some homework on this video. Ackman believes a weakening economy will likely demand an earlier move. We're seeing evidence that in some of our companies, I have some concerns. Then he goes on to say, and I think that it, uh, I think, and I think that is having, oh, that is having, okay. I think that is having a retarding effect on the economy. So he's talking about higher real rates of interest. So the Fed has rates at 5.25, their overnight rate. And he's saying that, well, we've got inflation down at 3.3 or 3.5, and therefore you've got a delta, you've got positive real rates, and somehow that's uh, acting as a depressant on the economy, as, as if rates should always be negative in real terms. I mean, come on, what are you talking about? That, that in and of itself is ridiculous. But let's keep going here. And then, of course, many businesses and individuals have the benefit of fixed rate debt. And that fixed rate debt, certainly for companies and commercial real estate, starts to roll off. So I think there's a risk of a hard landing if the Fed doesn't start to cut rates pretty soon. So, again, going back to this thing where the, the Fed is in total control over whether or not we have a hard landing, a soft landing, or no landing at all. The Fed is in total control over the rate of inflation. Let's just think about that for a moment. So we have this idea that higher interest rates are, well, to Bill Ackman's point, have a retarding effect on the economy. And lower interest rates, well, that is a stimulant to the economy. So higher interest rates are a depressant to the economy and lower interest rates are a stimulant. Okay, but again, that's looking at it through that central planning view. Now, if we step back and look at it from a view of, well, wait, maybe the interest rates are actually giving us a signal about what's happening in the economy. Maybe they're a signal. Maybe they're not something that we can just manhandle and create an effect. So if I just, it's like a thermostat. If I just turn this dial, well, I'll just, I'm a little hot right now, so I'll just turn it down to 68 degrees instead of 72. And all of a sudden, the economy will take off. That's how we see interest rates. And that's how we see the Fed. And I think it's completely incorrect. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now, let me give you an example. Let me ask you a question right now, everyone on this live stream. Let's just say for a moment, interest rates were at 10%. Would you take out a loan? Yes or no? Now, a lot of you are probably saying absolutely 10%. And let's just say 15%. Let's say 20%. I mean, most of you, if I said 8%, you'd say absolutely not. But then some of you, if I said, would you take out a loan at 10%, you would say, well, what's my return? 
You see, let's just assume for a moment that you could take out a loan at 10% and make a 20% return because the economy was doing so well. Would you do it? And let's say that your other option was to take out a loan at 1%, but you'd only have a 3% return. Which one would you choose? You see, you'd take 10% with a 20% return. But you see, if we actually look at inflate or if we look at interest rates, long-term interest rates through that lens, we can see that quite often, if we're looking at it as a signal, what higher rates are telling us is that there's more economic opportunities out there. And there's actually demand for these loans because the economy is growing and growing at a sustainable level, you see? And, and then, of course, sometimes interest rates can go up because of inflation expectations, which might not or may, which may or may not be a result of economic growth. But then at the, law, at, the, uh, at the lower end, let's say rates are all the way down at 1%. Is that quote unquote stimulative? Well, it depends, right? If I can get a 15% return, then yeah, that's stimulative. But if the 10-year treasury is trading at 1%, that likely means you can't get a 15%. You can't get a 10% return. You can only get a 3% return. You, see, you say, George, why would you say that? Because what's happening is what's driving rates down is demand or safe assets. And if there's demand for safe assets to the degree to which it would drive rates down to 1%, that by definition means that there's very little appetite for risk. Why? Because there's no opportunities to make a delta where the risk reward makes sense. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about a delta between the interest rates that you have to borrow and the amount of money that you can make, the ROI, the positive cash flow if you wanna look at it from a standpoint of real estate. So this is why the Fed can never, ever, 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 ever get ahead of a hard landing. And the Fed has never been able to do it and they never will be able to do it. Now, they have been able to drop rates before and we haven't had a recession, mid 90s would be an example, but we didn't have the whole, the whole entire curve inverted, screaming, screaming recession. Whenever we have gotten into this stage of the game, that we see the same result over and over and over and over again. So you have to ask yourself, why would it be different this time? The base case has to be, it's not different. Let's, let me give you another example here. Let's go back to the GFC. Most of you on this live stream would have lived through that. And the Fed started dropping rates. Actually, let me go to Fed funds here. I've, I'm sure I've got it pulled up. There we go. The Fed paused September, right around September 2006. The Fed started dropping rates August 2007. It, mind you, prior to the official NBER recession. Now, so what Ackman is saying and what the mainstream and the alternative media space or the alternative financial space, this view that, it, that even people in the sound money industry always... They, they always uh, just regurgitate this over and over and over again. And that again, that's this Fed-centric view that they can control inflation, that they control this, they can control the hard landing, soft landing, no landing, yada, yada. Okay, let's just assume for a moment that the Fed would have dropped rates, that they would have started to drop rates, not in August of 2007, but let's just assume for a moment that they would have started to drop rates in January of 2007. Wow. Six months before they actually started dropping rates. Do you think that would have prevented the GFC? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> this is ridiculous. 
This is ridiculous. This is total nonsense. Let's go back to the dot-com bust. And they started dropping rates in, let's just say, November of 2000. Of, of 2000. So if they would have started to drop rates, let's say six months earlier, do you think that pets.com would still be around right now? This is insanity. Let's fast forward to the Cerveza sickness, something that's in all of our recent memory. They started dropping rates July of 2019. So let's just assume for a moment that they would have started dropping rates three months earlier. Would that have prevented the recession that we had from the Cerveza sickness? You see, once you start to think this stuff through and take it to its logical conclusion, it, it, it's just, it's laughable. It's laughable. But yet for some reason, the whole entire, entire financial world believes this to be true. It, it's really a, a bizarre psychological phenomenon that it, it's one of these things that everyone just assumes that it's true because you've heard it re, uh, repeated so many times over and over and over again that you don't even look into it. Like it, it's almost like when I was growing up, in fact, it's not almost like it's identical to when I was growing up, you know, the, uh, all the moms and whatnot and, and the dads, they'd tell you, oh, boy, a little cold outside, better wear a jacket. You don't want to get a cold. As if somehow getting cold makes you more susceptible to getting sick. <laughs> it's just, it's everyone, you just grow up and you think that's true. But it's nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. Now, if you get cold enough, you get hypothermia, sure. You might have a little greater chance because your immune system goes down. But in reality, the, uh, the viruses and whatnot that, uh, that get you sick have a harder time <laughs> living when it's actually cold. But it's just, you know, one of these things that you hear over and over and over again. I'm sure you guys could think of hundreds of examples of the exact same thing. When you were a kid, you were just told over and over and over again that this is the way it was. And then when you got to be an adult and you actually study it, you're like, what? It's actually the opposite. But you never, ever looked into it just because you heard so many people say that this was the way it works. It's the exact same thing with what's going on with the Fed. And what drives me crazy is people just don't scrutinize just a little bit. You don't have to think about it for hours and weeks and, and years on end, for heaven's sakes. Just give it a half hour of thought and just look at a couple of these charts that we go over in these videos. And it should become crystal clear, <laughs> crystal clear. And this is why I sit here and pound the table on the probability of this no landing, soft landing being so incredibly low. And the probability that the Fed is going to be able to come right in here and just reduce interest rates right at the perfect time. Oh my gosh, they did it. They did it. Jerome Powell's a genius. If he would have waited an extra week, oh my gosh, we would have had a GFC 2.0. But thanks goodness, he dropped rates when he did because now we've got this economic boom. And this is what you hear over and over again in the mainstream financial media and even in the alternative space. Call it on YouTube, on Twitter, a lot of these gurus, a lot of the, the experts that you listen to on all these podcasts. They have the exact same type of message. Now they may come to different conclusions, right? So the main takeaway here, we have to remember that what's driving interest rates down right now isn't the market betting that the Fed is going to drop interest rates. It's the market seeing that the 
economy is slowing down. It's, it's, it's the bond market. It's the interest rates responding to what's happening in the economy and what will likely happen in the economy in 2024. It has absolutely nothing to do with the Fed. The Fed is a sideshow, and that's what we have to focus on. I think most people would be better off just not even thinking, forget the Fed even exists. Forget the Fed. Just look at interest rates, listen to what they're telling you, and then plan, and then study history for heaven's sakes, and then plan accordingly. And if you do that, you can see that these interest rates are saying that the economy in 2024 is going to slow down to a point where we will have a hard landing recession, whatever it is that you want to call it. And there's nothing, nothing that the Fed can do. Even if they drop rates at the front end of the curve, it doesn't matter because the opportunities out there are so bad that even at 1%, no one's going to borrow and produce anything. This is what we have to understand. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.